Hello and welcome to The Stack. This week's show was a pleasure to do. Talking to Monaco and Stack friend Christoph Amand from Zeit Magazine here at Midori House. And also with Luciane Pisani, editor of the beautiful Where the Leaves Fall, which was guest edited by Brazilian indigenous activist Chai Surui, which I also had the pleasure to interview. Enjoy the show. From Midori House in London, this is The Stack, 30 minutes of print industry analysis, and I am Fernando Augusto Pacheco. We start the show and welcoming back to the show Christoph Armand, editorial director of Zeit magazine. As it's usual with him, plenty of things to discuss from Zeit's world, including the new international issue and, of course, Zeit magazine Man, with Robbie Williams on the cover. Hello, Christoph. A pleasure to have you here in studio. You know, you, you're always talking here on Monaco 24, but it's different when you're here in studio. I I'm think it's a nice experience. I'm here. so happy to be here in London in, in your beautiful offices at Midori House. Fernando, thank you for having me. Beautiful sunny day. And of course, we need a catch-up as well, because there's lots of <laughs> things happening in the Zeit world. Uh, but, but first of all, I want to talk about the newsletter. Of course, okay. we're going to print. I'm a little bit obsessed with your newsletter, in a way. Thank you. Uh, t- t- tell us about this, because you, you, you kind of choose the topics. And there, it's, there's always something surprising there, something that I learn new every day. Oh, thank you so much. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm writing a newsletter f- from Monday to Friday every day. And it, because we're a magazine, we, we're thinking about, okay, so if we do a newsletter... You know, we probably should not only be talking about the new situation in Brussels with the EU and with List Trust in the early morning. So we thought about, well, why don't we send out a newsletter at around 5 p.m.? So it will be sort of the sign for our readers for the nicer part of the day. And yeah, that's the idea, sort of to sum up what has happened in politics and culture over that day, but also to give you inspirations and find some new music and some new books and new shows that are on at the moment or something you can watch tonight. And yeah, I, I actually, I enjoy it so much. And just before I, I came to your studio, I was writing the first pieces for today's newsletter as we're recording this on a Monday. And it's something I've discovered for myself, that I enjoy it so much, just having something sent out every day. You write every day, and it's just that little joyful moment when we're ready to go at 5 p.m. It's called Was für ein Tag, What a Day. And we have a very similar music taste, I believe, Christoph, as well, because <laughs> yeah. I keep an eye on the Zeit playlist as well. So. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're also doing a Spotify yeah, yeah. playlist with the newsletter. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy, yeah, yeah. We just talked about the Zweiraumwohnung, the German the German band that you also like. So I'm very happy to be sort of an inspiration with our team. And, well, let's move on a little bit to the magazines. I know the Zeit Magazine International just came out as well, which we'll talk about it. But I have also the beautiful Zeit Magazine Man as well. And it's very fun. A photo shoot with Robbie Williams. I mean, (laughs) I I just love it. He's wearing like a, a Playboy sweater Almost showing his midriff, not quite, but yes, you know, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. How, how is it going? Because I remember when we spoke when you were launching the title. Yes. How How do you feel after? I don't know. Is it two years or? Uh, it's even a bit, it's even, a bit it's more. Even, it's even. I think it's. We're going into five years. I think it's five years. So five it's years, a biannual, wow. biannual magazine for the newsstands. Comes out twice a year. So the idea is, we thought about well, 
for a grown-up man, I mean, which kind of magazine would he buy if he would be interested in fashion, but also culture and politics, but just for sort of some relaxing parts of their lives. And so we came up with this idea of Zeitmagazin Mann, trying to cover people like Robbie Williams on the new cover and talk with them about what made them happy in their lives and maybe what they've learned about their ups and downs. And Robbie Williams really opened up to my colleague, Anna Kemper, who did the interview with him. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful spread. And, you know, we had Christoph Weils, we had Robert De Niro, Brian Ferry, all sorts of men who, who've lived their lives and who've made their experiences about their mistakes, but also the glorious moments. And so just to give the whole magazine a bit of a depth besides the beauty of fashion and design. But talking about the beauty of fashion, I don't know, I, leave, I left it here open. I, I loved this <laughs> Tom Wolfe's fashion photo shoot. I mean, thank it's impressive. I actually want to buy every single of those clothes, actually. Look oh, at this you. kind of cape. And it's unusual. I haven't seen Tom Wolfe in a shoot like this. Oh, thank you so uh, much. I mean, you know, our team works with the fabulous stylist Klaus Stockhausen, who's been in the business for ages who used to be, by the way, a DJ. He was the first house music DJ in Germany. And then he got into styling and we're very happy that we have him on board. That's amazing. Well, let's talk about Zeit Magazine International mm -hmm. as well, which is, I mean, for people like me, because, I, you know, I'm saying that I see your newsletter. Sure, I do, but I use Google Translate, okay? Unfortunately, <laughs> well, I'm happy it's, my German it is not as good. It, it does work. <laughs> I'm happy it works. It does work very well. <laughs> but Zeit Magazine International, I think, Precisely, that's the point. It's for people like me as well, who yeah. my German's not the best. I mean, it's not even... You're very polite. I mean, <laughs> my, my, my Portuguese is so bad. <laughs> But what, what's, what's, what's in the new issue? Tell us, give us a well, little update. Well, you know, what we do here with the... It's an annual issue, so we celebrate sort of the best-of stories from the weekly magazine, have them translated into English and re-edited and updated. We work with a fantastic American editor, April von Stauffenberg, who joins the team for this annual issue. And it's, you know, it's more like a coffee table book in many ways. It has a beautiful format. It's so big. And the paper, I love the paper of it. You know, with the weekly, we send it out every week, printing like 600 to 700,000 copies. So the Zeit Magazine International issue is sort of a boutique version of the journalism that we do. And we really put together sort of the best 20 to 25 cover stories so it's actually a magazine that contains so many cover stories from exclusive interviews with Adele, reportage, you know, when our reporters go out in the world and find out about drama, political situations in Nigeria, for example. And so the idea is to actually give our international readers sort of a, an idea of what we do with the weekly, but also have a great, beautiful magazine on itself and send it out to the world. And you can buy it online at the site shop and also in selected magazine stores. And for the team, it's always a very nice process working on it because, you know, we're working on it over a couple of months every year. And it's sort of an internal review of what we've done and what everyone has done in the team and then sort of come up to the point, okay, which stories actually go into the international issue? And it's sort of a, a positive review process where you where you think, okay, this was really good. This was, you know, John Bergman, you know, illustrations or a fashion spread or portraits. I mean, we have Juliette Binoche on the cover, a beautiful photography and an amazing profile by my colleague Claire Beermann and Julia Fox on the second cover, you know, follow-up cover, another crazy story. 
So it's just a joy. And also for the team, it's nice to have this product, this magazine sitting on your table thinking, okay, this is what we've done. And I think it's interesting as well because it shows the perspective of the paper as well. Because it's interesting reading a profile even of someone like Adele, for example, because, you know, you've read in the British press or in the American one. But it's interesting to see the German perspective as well. I am always very curious about that, but sometimes you don't speak the language. So I think that's actually a plus for the international edition. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's the, the international issue has a subtitle called the Berlin State of Mind because we're mm. actually based in Berlin. But also Berlin is the most international city in Germany. But we're a German magazine, but what we try to do with international issues to sort of give you an idea of what we do on an international level from, you know, people we talk to or, you know, photographers we work with. And also to give you an insight about all the new products that we're launching with sort of the Zeit magazine world. And yeah, we're so happy to have it sent out into the world every year, which is happening right now. I mean, I'm going to Paris to launch the international issue there with an artist talk at Petit Palais with the fabulous Swiss artist Hugo Rondinone. And at the end of the week, we're going to celebrate in Berlin with a little party celebrating the new international issue. That's amazing. And what are kind of outside Germany, of course, the biggest markets for the magazine or a market that you're actually thinking about it when you make the magazine? Well, we, we, we kind of found out when we launched it uh, nine years ago, we kind of found out that we're selling a lot of copies in New York and mm -hmm. also in London, in Milan, in Paris, those kind of the cities that we're you know, usually talking about. But actually, one of the funny things that we found out when we were actually doing it, there was no plan about it, is that our people from the distribution side, after a few issues, told me, well, you know, there's one city where we sell the most. New York is number two, but the biggest city where we sell the most copies of it is actually Berlin. Amazing. And, you know, sometimes you find out about your readers while you're doing something without knowing about their perspectives. But obviously, I mean, there's lots of expats living in Berlin. There's a lot of people who arrived in Berlin in the last couple of years who might know the brand, who might like Zeit magazine, but who don't read German or don't speak German fluently. So for them, it's also, I guess, a way of getting into the magazine like just you've described it. But also, it's for the people who like the magazine, maybe who are German or Austrian or Swiss, It's a nice way of having sort of a best-of version as a beautiful coffee table book in your apartment and to collect it. And it's going to be fun next year. We're going to celebrate the 10th anniversary. So we're really, we'll be also reviewing the 10 years of the international issue. And we have to mention, you also have Wohen Markt, right? Which oh, that's is right. Our food, the, your, your food title. Yeah, we launched uh, our first food standalone magazine last year. Zeitmagazin Wochenmarkt, uh, the weekly food market. And this is actually the best-selling magazine on a newsstand that we've launched so far. It was sold out within two and a half weeks when the launch issue was uh, published. And we had to reprint, which I think never happened before in our publishing house. And I love the concept because it's all about easy cooking but, you know, the best from the simple food. And it's... That's know, what it we want. Exactly. That's what we want. You know, don't, you, don't, you don't have to spend two hours in your kitchen to prepare some recipe from the magazine. It can be really quick. And, Christoph, finally, I remember did site always show impressive numbers with sales, especially print itself. Does, does it remain so? Is the market for did site, and, and perhaps in Germany in general, if you want to comment on that, does it remain very resilient? Yeah, I mean, we're happy that we are still, our circulation of the weekly, of the paper that 
the magazine goes with is still rising. I mean, we've topped 600,000. And so we get still going. I mean, it's but these days, as you know, it's, it's a mix of print and digital subscriptions. So you can actually read the stories from, let's say, Zeit Magazin Mann, also when you subscribe to the Zeit digitally. So I guess that kind of mix, you know, to celebrate the print, the beauty of the print paper or the magazines, but also to be, you know, to make your journalism accessible online, you know, when someone's traveling and thinking, oh, the Robbie Williams story, I'd love to read it. You can also read it online as, as the story. So I think that kind of mix really works well with Zeit. Thank you very much, Christoph. Always a pleasure. And Zeit Magazine International Edition is out now. And of course, you can pick up your weekly copy of Zeit Magazine with Die Zeit. Also this week, I had the pleasure to welcome in our studios here in London, Luciane Pisani, one of the editors of Where the Leaves Fall, a beautiful publication that aims to explore humankind's connection with nature. For their most recent edition, they invited Brazilian indigenous activist Chai Surui as guest editor. Luciane, who is also from Brazil, gives me a little introduction to the title. So Where the Leaves Fall is a quarterly print and digital magazine exploring humankind's connection with nature. We focus on the intersection between social justice and the environment, on the food system and food culture, also in art and culture, and science and philosophy. We present ways of reconnecting with the natural world, and we do this by listening and learning from voices that are often marginalized. So, for example, through the collaboration with environmentalists, with indigenous leaders, with scientists. And we also work a lot with artists, with architects, with horticulturalists, chefs as well. So uh, people who can help us relocate ourselves in the natural world. Where the Leaves Fall is a project of Omved Gardens. It's a space in North London. It has been like undergoing restoration since 2017, And the aim of the Omved Gardens is to champion regenerative practices in our urban spaces, in our urban settings, and ways we relate to the environment. And I think it's also to improve the biodiversity in all the levels and to use creativity and nature-led knowledge to help tackle the climate emergency. And they curate lots of programs, of events, of exhibitions, of workshops. And it's all like a discussions around food, around art and ecological transformation. So the magazine is a result of these conversations that take place in there. So I think it's where practice like meets uh, metaphor. So I, I always say like we are actually seeding, we are taking root, we are uh, spreading, we have to break through lots of times and so we are blossoming and flourishing and I think pollinating and nurturing and I think hopefully we are evolving together. So we are trying to, through this uh, community building, like we are trying to create these networks of people who engage in these subjects and try to maybe the aim is affecting personal change and cultural transformation. And we are trying to grow this community and make this community more uh, stronger and more diverse and more dynamic. And it's interesting you mentioned personal. I'm curious because you were telling me that you actually started as a designer. So is this yes. your first kind of editorial project in a way? 
It's not the first one. I started working in a community magazine in North London. So I started working locally first in an independent uh, magazine. I think the aim was the same. I think it's to try to grow as a community. It was also like through this community building to make us stronger and more dynamic. So through this community magazine, we ended up meeting Ombved Gardens and we saw lots of things in common. And we thought about developing this magazine that would be local, but also would go to, it, it wouldn't be just a, that like so a local community, but it would be a community that would be around the world as well. I mean, certainly look at this issue where Chai Surui, she was the guest editor. And of course, there's a focus on Brazil, on South America. Yeah. And we, let's be honest, you're Brazilian. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure you <laughs> yeah. had the personal connection with this because even yeah. in this election that we're voting in about a week's time, everybody's talking about the environment, the Amazon, yeah. not just Brazilians, but the whole world. So it's in a way a very political issue as well. Yeah, I think it's extremely political, this one. I think with this one, I think, yeah... It's really close to this crucial moment with the elections. And I think we do need a government that is committed to the demarcation of the territory, with the protection of the territory, protection of the culture. I think they live to protect their territories and their culture. So I think if we don't have a government that's going to be committed with this, I think they will become vulnerable to loggers, to miners, to agribusiness and people who invade and kill them and the climate defenders. But I think I think the difference I see, we are talking specifically about this issue, the issue 12, it's, I think, our collaborative work in issue 12 goes a little bit beyond to the other ones we did before. I think instead of one or two articles written or engaging indigenous peoples, this one, we invited the indigenous activist Chai Suri to guest edit the entire magazine. So she did the whole magazine. I think Chai mentioned in her editorial that their stories have, have been told through the eyes of colonizers and have been stereotyped, and often from the perspective of domination superiority. And I think they need to be the protagonists of their own stories. I think they need to be the narrators of this. I think they, uh, with narrative sovereignty, I think they will be able to represent themselves for who they really are. I think their worldview and the perspectives are dynamic, they are diverse, I think they are unique, and I think the cultures and ways they see the world through arts, through their connection with the spirits, through their stories, through their crafts, their paintings, their songs. And I think it's an opportunity for all of us to recognize our common uh, humanity. To learn more as well. And to learn more. Yes. Yeah. So I think to appreciate what's similar, to learn from our differences. Because we when I spoke to Chai, I remember, because even, I mean, we're both Brazilians here, but even Brazilians, we don't have sometimes the knowledge about indigenous communities. No. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe it's the way the world worked, as she's saying, about the colonizers, but we don't actually learn that much in depth, yeah. you know. So a project like this is amazing in that, in that sense. Yeah, even like in this magazine, we have like... If I'm not wrong, I think we worked with 11 ethnic groups. And mm -hmm. even Chai, she said, I don't know about the cosmologies of all the indigenous mm -hmm. groups. So we are all kind of learning. But it was amazing when we asked her, we normally work with three themes. And Chai chose cosmology, indigenous art and resistance. 
And when we talked to her about this, and she said she wanted to bring cosmology and wisdom of indigenous people, that's something that isn't often talked about. So she wanted to discuss how the stories and the thinking is expressed through arts and through the cosmology and, of course, through the resistance that she said uh, in her editorial, she says as though it lasted more than 500 years and does not end now. And, Lucien, one thing that I'm impressed with the magazine, besides the articles, I mean, the quality of photography is really beautiful. The paper, so the physical side of this magazine is really special. I don't know, perhaps, if your design background helped something, but it's really, really beautiful. They kind of pop in their heads. So how big is your team there in your office? Yeah, I, we are really careful about how eco-friendly this magazine is. Mm. Uh, so this is something we researched a lot. So we print with Seacourt. So they use 100% renewable energy. They create zero waste to landfill. So they, it's 100% waterless, lead, it's alcohol and substitute free. It's carbon positive, renewable. So it's, yeah, we did research a lot. So it's the format, it's the paper. We try to keep it really simple because we know more stuff you put, less equal it becomes. So we try to keep it it's very actually simple. This one was all the photography was uh, made by indigenous peoples and so yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, it's it, it, it is stunning. Maybe maybe more magazines should follow up the, how you yeah. make it because it does look very good. And where do you sell where the leaves for? I mean, I know you're based here um, in the UK, but is it an international title? Because we have listeners yeah. from all over if they are interested to purchase a copy. Yeah, people can purchase the magazine from our website with delivery to most of the world. And you can also check the stockist list on our website as well to see if there's a shop near you. And uh, you can also sign up for full access to our website where you can read all the back issues as well. So it's www.wherethelivesfall.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at WTLFMAG. And I like the fact that your other editor, David Reeves, he's, he says, I think in a, one of the editorial, you're from the Global South, he's from the Global North. Yeah. It's not different perspectives already, besides the guest editor, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we. it's a very different perspective when you come from the Global South and when you arrive here and, and you try mm. to, to find, it's almost like a healing process for all of us to try to do things that are not very Eurocentric. So it's very interesting. And most of the people I work, they are Europeans. But as you said before, and I, I keep saying, we don't know about our own, even being Brazilians, we don't know anything about indigenous people. So it's the way we learn, well, the history we learn, it's, it's so Eurocentric all the time, so we don't even learn. That's why I think it's so important to have magazines like this, like to bring the indigenous peoples as the narrators of their own stories. Well, it's a fantastic edition. And I, and I have to ask you this question because of the election. Do you feel any anyhow optimistic? Because, of course, uh, the Bolsonaro years, especially when it comes to the environment, indigenous rights yeah. have been terrible. Yeah. But now in the election, we had more indigenous MPs being elected. Perhaps the fight starts now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important I'm a bit scared mm -hmm. of what's going to happen. I think it feels like the future of the planet is on a knife edge. I think it's really important to bring indigenous peoples to 
into the government inside. So I think it's important to elect them because they have to be part of these conversations. So when uh, COP26 happened, I don't think they were part of the conversations like I think they should be. And I think COP27, I hope they will be part of these conversations and and more and more, but uh, they will be part, but in everything. So I think even when we do the magazine, that's what we thought this time. We can't just do one or two articles. If you are going to talk about indigenous peoples, they have to to be there. They have to be the editors. They have to be the protagonists. And they they have now technology. They have the means of telling their stories. They are amazing storytellers, and they can tell their own stories and and show us who they really are. Thank you very much, Luciani. And of course, I also had the pleasure to speak with Chai Surui, which was the guest editor of the new edition of Where the Leaves Fall. We spoke about her collaboration with the magazine and about what's at stake at this year's presidential election in Brazil. I'm Chai Surui. I'm an indigenous activist from Paitasui people. We live in Rondônia state. I think it's one, one of the most dangerous states in Rondônia to the indigenous peoples. Now we, Bolsonaro wins all cities. I'm a coordinator of the Cunning Beds organization that worked more than 30 years with the indigenous peoples in my state. And we work with 21 different indigenous peoples. I'm a coordinator of the young movement of the indigenous peoples here in my state. And I'm columnist of Folha de São Paulo. And I'm advisor, consul advisor of WWF Brazil and Pacto Global da ONU. And the uh, voice for the just climate action and to voice for the just climate action. Well, your list there, Chais, is impressive. And I think the job you do is becoming more and more important, especially, as you rightly said, we have someone like Jair Bolsonaro as president. And Because Brazil, I mean, it's always been a struggle when it comes to the environment, indigenous rights, but it was kind of improving in Brazil since the 90s and the noughties. But there's been a decline, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard these days. So tell us what's at stake at this election. What would mean another victory for Bolsonaro, for example? Another victory for Bolsonaro to me means the end of the Amazon. So the end of the world. Because Bolsonaro, he hates us, he hates the indigenous peoples, and his government project is a project to destroy forests, to put the illegal miners in our land, and he never hide that. And we had the high percentile of the fires in Brazil. It's the, the worst in 50 years. And Bolsonaro continues to say that he won't put the illegal miners in our land. He continues to say racist things about the indigenous peoples, like what he said about the Yanomami. So... And more than this, Bolsonaro is dangerous to all the people in Brazil. We saw what he did in, in the pandemic. And my people, we was the second people more affected in this pandemic. We lost a lot of people, people that we love. 
people that is important to us, my children, mothers, dying in this pandemic. And more than this, I lost my friend that was murdered because he was a guardian of the forest. And we can feel that is more danger. And the violence is increasing. We need to have a lot of be careful here. And not only the activists like me and my mother, but everybody is in danger right now because these people is very violent. And Bolsonaro, he supports this. For example, my state, a city called Porto Murtinho, a very, very small city, they did a meeting, the invaders and the Bolsonaro followers, a meeting to discussing about the vote in this election because they are saying that desire will be, if Lula's win will be our indigenous land. And there are indigenous people there and they are threatening these people, these indigenous people. So all the indigenous land here, we have bad situation. In my land, we have problem with miners, we have problem with cattle, and the Uruguay, it's other lands, it's the biggest land in my state. In just little part in this land, we have more than 6,000 cattle there. And this meat is going to Europe, the, the European countries. It's not going to here to the people with hungry. And they say agribusiness is uh, agribusiness good food in, in the table of the Brazilians, but it's not true. It's, it's a lie. We know that the family agriculture and the traditional agriculture, what the indigenous peoples doing, is the put good food to the Brazilians. It's not the, the agribusiness, and we have problem with Karaskasi, Nome. Uh, they are putting the, the pesticides, and this, this is will do the the people sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Joe, one thing I would like to ask you as well: How do you think Brazil is fighting back? Because in this election, in the first round, there's been a record of indigenous candidates as well, and I believe it, it's the biggest presence now in parliament. Was there five deputies that were elected? So there's been a little fight back in Brazil as well against, well, against the Bolsonaro years as well. Tell us uh, about that. Yes, in this election, because uh, for a long time, the indigenous movement think that the politician and this place is not to us, you know, because it to us don't no matter right or left because they are threatening us. But now it's different. We are passing the worst time to the indigenous peoples in Brazil. And we understand that we should be there. We should be in the Congress because a lot of things that are going here is because the Congress, because they want approve law projects like that want end our demarcation, that want put big development. So we understand that we should be in the Congress because now we want to represent. We need to be there because I think that we uh, will have different solutions when we have different people representing us. And we did 
big campaign to elect the indigenous candidates. Yeah, we have our victories. We hope to see you in Congress sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not now, but in the future, maybe. But we have now good deputies there, Sonia Kwajajara and Celisa Kriaba and the others. They already did very good job to fighting for our rights. And yeah, I believe a lot in them. I think this is just uh, the, the first step. And after that, you know, we cannot more go, go back, to, go, go to uh, go back. We cannot go back. So this is the first step only. And I hope I'll be here with you again to talk about the indigenous president that we were elected in the future. I would love that. I will, well, that's a deal. That's a deal we have. <laughs> and and Chai, my, my final question as well. I will also speak to Luciani Pisani, the one of the editors of Where the Leaves Fall. How was it working with there? Because I've seen the, the magazine. It was beautiful. You you guest curated. How was the experience? Oh, it was amazing because here we now put the value in the indigenous knowledge. And they uh, invited me to do this, I was very happy because I could put a lot of people that I admire. And, and more than this, I can show you that, you know, we have art, we have beautiful, we have a different vision about the world that the people don't know, you know. Here in Brazil and in the other places in the world, the people don't know nothing about the indigenous peoples. If you ask, okay, and now you you saw the, the the magazine, but before that, maybe the people don't know. Oh, okay, say me one indigenous artist that you know. The people, they, they don't know, say this. And you saw we have a brilliant artist here in, in all the world. It was very special to me because I could know more indigenous artists in this from South America and that I, I didn't know before and we could say the importance of the, the technology to us today and the importance decolonizing all the places and decolonizing the, the art you know I think to me was yeah I, I really really like uh, do this and yeah, I hope that the people like and I hope the magazine, they want uh, know more, you know. They want understand more and they can see that, oh, we have a different vision and we have different people doing beautiful things and they think different. And I want know this too because, yeah, I think that you all your life see just one vision. This is so sad. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. You did a great job. And Chai, muito obrigado for talking to us. Muito obrigado. Muito obrigado, Chai. Thank you so much. Uh, that's it for this week's show. My thanks as ever to our editor, Adam Heaton. And if you have any comments or queries, feel free to write to me, Fernando, at fpnmonaco.com. And of course, meanwhile, you can always listen again at monaco.com and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Before we go, a little song for you. It's by Zwei Rau Volnung with 36 Grad. You've been listening to The Stack, 
I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Until next time, it's goodbye from me.